When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? No Huddle Show. Elliot Shore Parks here. Matt Lombardo. And Matt, we finally know the Eagles playoff opponent after really, even though the Eagles didn't play this this past week, really weeks of talking about who they might play in the first round. We speculated maybe it'll be the Saints. Maybe it'll be the Panthers. Maybe it could be the Rams. One team we never really talked about is, of course, the team that they're going to play. They will be playing the Atlanta Falcons next Saturday, 430 at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, I know we both watched the game on Saturday night, the Falcons game versus the Rams. So before we get into too much specifics, I mean, I think this podcast is just going to kind of be to talk about what our initial thoughts are. So just right off the bat, what do you think? What was the first thing that popped in your mind when you realized, you know, as the Falcons were up on the Rams and it looked more and more realistic that this was going to happen? Yeah, Elliot, first of all, two really thrilling wildcard playoff games, both yeah. in the AFC and the NFC. And hopefully Sunday lives up to the billing. And next weekend, of course, with the Eagles, we get a, a really good game. I thought watching that game last night, Elliot, that, you know, I think the Falcons are beatable. And up until about the middle of the fourth quarter, when Matt Ryan let it landed down the field and had that, you know, miracle throw off his back foot to Julio Jones for a touchdown, the difference in that game with the Rams playing kind of jittery, not really playing all that well on either side of the ball. The difference in the game was two Rams giveaways on special teams. So mm-hmm. I don't think that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and the Falcons on offense are the same team that went to the Super Bowl a year ago. I think this defense is going to present some issues for Nick Foles and the Eagles, but I don't think this is the same Atlanta team that jumped out to a 28-3 to lead on the Patriots in the Super Bowl and blew it. I think they're a really good team. I think that nobody should take Matt Ryan and Julio Jones lightly, but I do think that this is a good matchup for the Eagles and a very beatable opponent. Yeah, last night when the game first started um, and I was watching, you know, the Falcons, they jumped out to that early lead. Um, I think they were up 13-0 uh, on the Rams. Uh, I tweeted out, you know, the Falcons are not a team I want to see if I'm the Eagles. I'd rather see the Panthers um, just because of the, the offense the Falcons have. But the more I watched the Falcons, uh, the fact one thing I really liked about what I saw from them was they kicked a lot of field goals. I think Matt Ryan might have had four or five last night. And two of those were came from with, when they got the ball basically in the, in the red zone. So they struggled to score to a certain degree last night, even though I think they ended up with what, like 26 points? Um, yeah, they won 26 to 13. But yeah, I mean, Matt Bryan, is, he's like Adam Vinatieri. They're, they're yeah. ageless wonders. And I believe he kicked 
four field goals. And it was just one of those things where, you know, their red zone offense up until that Matt Ryan drive and that pass to Julio Jones in the fourth quarter, the Rams did a nice job uh, of keeping them out of the end zone for the large part. But when you give up 26 points at home, it's it's going to be tough to win in the playoffs or any time for that matter. Well, I guess what, what, what I'm saying is the fact that the Falcons struggled to get in the end zone last night is big because you have an Eagles team that has struggled to score with Nick Foles, a quarterback, and seeing them only be able to get field goals instead of touchdowns, that's got to be encouraging for the Eagles' defense going into next week and the offense. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that when you watch last night, the Falcons' defense, I mean, they're aggressive. They fly to the ball. Mm. They're big hitters. It's really going to be incumbent on the Eagles running the football. And somebody tweeted at me this morning whether I would buy this, buy or sell the notion that if the Eagles rush for 100 yards or more, that they'd win the game. And I'm not ready to make that leap because if you watch last night, Todd Gurley rushed for 101 yards. The Rams had 115 rushing yards total, and they still lost the game. I think that if the Eagles are going to beat the Falcons, it, the pressure is going to be on the Eagles' defense. I mean, you're going to have to man yeah. up against Julio Jones. He had 10 catches for 135 yards in their meeting last year. Granted, he was held out of the end zone. And if you're the Eagles, that, that's a nice outcome because you didn't give up a touchdown to him. But Mohamed Sanu can still beat you. Their duo of running backs with Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman, they can beat you up and down the field. I think that what's really going to be critical for the Eagles to win this game on Saturday night, making Matt Ryan uncomfortable, forcing turnovers, and you're going to have to keep Atlanta at under 17 points. If Atlanta scores 17 or more, like you said, I, I don't know that the Eagles offense with Nick Foles, if it's the same offense we saw against the Cowboys for a quarter and against the Raiders, I don't know if they can put up 20, 23, 27 points against a Falcons team that played as well as it did on Saturday in Los Angeles. And that's the thing. The narrative about the Falcons has always been, especially from Eagles fans, oh man, their offense is trash this year. They're so bad. And yeah, compared to the 2016 offense, they are. I mean, in 2016, they averaged like 33 points a game, which is insane. This year, they're averaging 22 points, which is 15th. I mean, that's not amazing but it's certainly not bottom half of the league they're eighth in total yards eighth in passing passing yards 15th in rushing yards and they played well offensively last night other than their struggles in the red zone um and you know you called the matt ryan touchdown to julio jones earlier miracle and i i'm not i don't think you meant lucky just that it was a nice throw right and that to me is what really scares if i'm the eagles that should be what really scares me about this falcons team is they can like trip into points and they have the talent to, to do it. I mean, that that's why initially I was thinking I'd rather play the Panthers just because I don't think the Panthers skill set uh, of their um, skill set of receivers are as good as the Falcons. I mean, Mohamed Sanu had I'm looking at it right now. He had like 700 yards last year, uh, this year, um, you know, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. They have a lot of weapons on offense. So yep. it's really going to be a big test for the Eagles defense. And it definitely puts a ton of pressure on Nick Foles in the offense. And what I remember about last year's when the Eagles, when the Eagles did beat them in Philadelphia, even though uh, I seem to remember the narrative was uh, Jalen Mills had a good game against Julio Jones, or at least held him in check in the second half. But what I remember is there was a lot of times where Julio Jones was open and he just dropped the ball. And the Eagles are going to have to basically hope for that to happen again, because as much as, you know, I like Jalen Mills more than the next guy, Julio is a nightmare is a matchup nightmare for this secondary because he's big, he's strong, he's physical, and he's fast. I mean, he's strong. He's 
an issue for any cornerback, let alone guys that are kind of undersized in Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills. And I'm not saying you put Rasul Douglas on him, but physically, I think Rasul Douglas is best suited to match up with Julio. Yeah, I don't know that Rasul Douglas, that it's even a sure thing he's going to dress in the playoff game. Right. There's a chance yeah. that Sidney Jones plays. I just uh, it's it's going to come down. Yeah, it's going to come down to Jalen Mills and shading Malcolm Jenkins to that side of the field and, and paying as much attention as you can to Julio Jones, because no disrespect to Mohamed Sanu, I think that the speed of Ronald Darby against Sanu's speed is a matchup where those two might be able to cancel each other out. But you're right. The multitude of weapons that Atlanta can beat you with, that's what makes them so difficult. I, I don't know that you know the Panthers would be able to get by the Saints, so I, don't, I, I didn't really count on that matchup being all that realistic. And I certainly think that playing Atlanta is a better draw for this team than playing Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and New Orleans. But just thinking back, like you alluded to, Elliot, that game last year, it's really emblematic of Matt Ryan's struggles when he comes into Philadelphia. And we both wrote a couple stories on the site this morning, kind of our initial thoughts on the matchup. Um, one of the big things that jumped out to me, and I know it did to you from reading your story, uh, Matt Ryan has not played well in Philadelphia. Yeah. And, and last year, he struggled. He was 18-33, 267 yards passing, one touchdown, a really untimely interception. And if memory serves correctly, I think the Eagles also sacked him twice. And you look at his career in Philadelphia, he's just 3-3, three and three, 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 60% of his passes, and an average for 258 yards per game. If the Eagles can hold him to that sort of production— I think they'd be okay. I, you, what you don't want to see is Matt Ryan throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. You don't want yeah. to see a vintage Matt Ryan performance in the playoffs against you next week. And talking to Jalen Mills um, last week when kind of you didn't know who they were going to play, I just started picking his brain about Julio Jones a little bit. And he basically said that what makes Julio Jones such a, such a tough draw is that he's a grinder out there. He doesn't give up on plays. You can never tell by the way he runs his routes whether he's the primary option, whether he's just a decoy for the running game, and he fights for balls over the middle. He's not going to give up on a pass that's too high. He's not going to give up on a pass that's too low, and that presents a real challenge for a cornerback. Um, like we talked about, they kept Julio Jones out of the end zone last year, but still, 10 catches, 135 yards, and I believe he had a 61-yard catch in that game as well. You got to take away the big play because you have to limit the red zone opportunities for the Falcons, because as we've talked about, they beat you in a lot of ways. They have a lot of uh, receiving talent. And like we saw in the playoff game against the Rams, all it takes is one, you know, Matt Ryan type throw into the end zone. And, you know, you could you could be looking at a, at a score there like the Rams saw uh, with Julio Jones in that playoff game on Saturday. Yeah, a couple trends going in the Eagles' way. As you mentioned, Matt Ryan, I believe I believe he's 1-3 in, in Philadelphia in his career. And then yep. the Eagles is the number one seed. Uh, they're 14-2 and two at home over the last two seasons. And one of, that, one of those losses was the meaningless Week 17 game. So, I mean, they've been extremely tough to beat at Lincoln Financial Field. And over the last four years, the number one seed are 7-1 seven and one in their first playoff game. So... The Eagles certainly have some things going their way, but despite all that, they opened the game as anywhere from two to two and a half point underdogs, depending where you look. And when you consider the fact that normally, the you know if you're just a home team in the playoffs, you get you get a three point spread. Vegas really sees the Falcons as in some ways five five and a half points better than the Eagles right now. And 
I'm not. It's the first time in NFL history that a number one seed playing in its first playoff game is an underdog. It's it's never happened before. So obviously Vegas is buying the Falcons, and for a lot of good reason. I mean, we look at this Eagles offense. um, Basically, since they got back from that road trip against the 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 Rams and the Seahawks, yes, they they put up four touchdowns. Nick Foles did against the Giants, but that game was much closer than it had any business ever being. Um, Mm -hmm. they, They took a fourth quarter drive to beat the Raiders who had given up on their season 19 to 10 and they couldn't move the ball at all at one point you know against the Cowboys and the Raiders combined when it was the first team offense they were one for 25 on third down so not being able to move the ball not having third down efficiency against a high-powered offense like the Falcons who can beat you with one or two big plays to Julio Jones it's not sustainable. And again, I like the Eagles slightly to win the game, but I certainly understand the logic of Vegas installing them as an underdog. Yeah, and that's a tough part, really, about this Eagles team. Is, um, so Atlanta this year, 3-5 and five overall versus playoff teams, which would seem to bode well for the Eagles since they are technically a playoff team. But as you mentioned, with Nick Foles at quarterback, are they really a playoff caliber team? So, that I mean, I don't know. That's tough to answer. I don't think if they started the season with Nick Foles as quarterback, they would be a play. Uh, they would make the playoffs. So under that regard, I mean, three, the fact that the Falcons are three and five as playoff teams, I don't know. Atlanta's six and three on the road this year, um, you know, after last night. So they, they have played well on the road. But the, the thing that I keep coming back to is two things. One, I, I'm not sure how much playoff experience will factor into this just because, the, I mean, the Eagles don't have a ton, but Nick Foles has started a playoff game. But last night, I think you saw with the Falcons versus the Rams, you could really see the difference, how the Falcons are just a playoff battle, tested team um, against a Rams team with, you know, a second year quarterback, a rookie head coach. And I don't I don't think the roster overall has a ton of playoff experience. You could really see that from the fact that they jumped ahead early and then they made plays late. And that's another big concern. And that's one of the reasons. I mean, look, the Eagles fans could debate. Do you want to see the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints out of the, those three? All three of those teams. I mean, you said you're leaning towards the Eagles. I'm not to start this just because the Falcons have, you know, the bet, in my opinion, a considerably better offense, even yep. though, even though they, they've, they've taken a step back from 2016, they have a way better quarterback, their offensive line, their guard struggled last night against the Rams and tier, but the Rams have Aaron Donald. Yes. The Eagles have Fletcher Cox, but I mean, you know, a lot of teams struggle against the, the, the Rams defensive line. The, the Falcons tackles are pretty good. Um, I think it's going to be tough matchups for the Eagles defensive ends and they're going to have to get pressure. Matt Ryan, you know, you talk about it when you've talked about it, whenever we've talked about previewing the Falcons, he gets rid of that ball quick. And that's always been the neutralizing factor for the Eagles defensive line. Big time. One of my biggest reasons for worry in the story that I wrote on Sunday morning. I mean, right. look at what Eli Manning did to this team. Look at what Derek Carr did on Christmas night early on to this team between getting rid of the football quickly and a receiver that excels at double moves. It's not a great matchup. And real quick, I know that a lot of people say that we're we've been very down and very negative and almost too critical on this Eagles team with Nick Foles at quarterback. And something kind of jumped out at me yesterday watching the game between the Titans and the Chiefs. When Travis Kelsey was in there, that looked like a well-oiled machine. And you, right. you talk about moving the ball down the field and the matchup nightmare that Travis Kelsey is. He goes out. And the Chiefs blow an 18-point lead, and they lose the game. And I think that there's a parallel that could be drawn between Travis Kelsey and Carson Wentz. I think, and we've talked about this for months, 
Carson Wentz just makes the engine go. They, they yep. were the most efficient third down offense in football. And I really think that when we look back on this season, no matter how it ends, whether it's it, with confetti flying and the first Lombardi trophy being hoisted in Minnesota, or it ends on Saturday night in a cold night at Lincoln Financial Field, I really think we're going to look back on this offense and we're going to say that the reason they were so successful was because they were so good on third down. I think the way that you sustain drives, you keep your defense fresh, which means they're going to fly to the ball. They're they're going to create more turnovers. Um, you're a matchup nightmare because you know, whether it's Carson Wentz running with the football or making some, you know, Houdini-like escape from the pocket and dumping it off to a running back, and they move the chains. It's a tough offense to defend with Carson Wentz in there, and it's a tough offense to stop when you're converting on third down. And I think that when you watch the Chiefs on Saturday and their collapse without Travis Kelsey, I really think there are a lot of similarities you can draw to what the Eagles have become with Nick Foles. And that's not trying to be critical. That's just the reality of if they're going to win, if they're going to have success in the playoffs, it's going to need to be because the defense plays nearly perfect and you're, you can get the running game going. And as we saw with the Rams on Saturday night, even that might not be enough against the Falcons. And one of my biggest takeaways from watching the two games yesterday was, again, quarterback play is just so huge in the playoffs. I mean, I know Marcus Mariota didn't have a great regular season and me and you have debated him in terms of just how good he is. Yep. But I think you can certainly make an argument that he has, he's a more skilled quarterback just in terms of his, his mobility, his arm strength, um, just all that than Alex Smith. Um, and then I, I think we would both agree, even though, you know, RIP to your boy, Jared Goff, that he, that, you know, Matt Ryan is probably a better quarterback than Jared Goff at this point. And yep. I think yesterday, that, those are why those teams won. You saw Marcus Mariota. I mean, the Saints and the, not the Saints, the uh, Titans and the Chiefs, uh, once Travis Kelsey went out, were pretty pretty evenly matched, but you just saw Marcus Mariota made plays. I mean, yeah, the one where he throws a touchdown to himself was a bit of luck, but he makes that play. He uh, he runs for a first down in the second half. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Um, he has that key block that helped seal the game. His touchdown pass to Eric Decker was a great throw. The quarterbacks, and then last night, Matt Ryan, that touchdown pass to Julio Jones. Quarterbacks win in the NFL. And to me, again, not to always harp on Nick Foles, but that's got to be the Eagles' biggest concern heading into heading into Saturday is the mismatch at quarterback is just so huge. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, nine playoff games under his belt, came within, you know, an epic collapse, which was partially his fault, but not completely, of winning a Super Bowl last year, nine yep. playoff games, 2016 NFL MVP. I mean, the mismatch at quarterback cannot be greater. And you never know. I mean, it's just one game. Maybe Foles. I mean, Foles has thrown seven touchdowns in a game before. He threw four touchdowns against the Giants. So he's certainly capable of having a big game. But for as much as we talk about, and I agree with it, that this is going to be on the defense. The defense has to play basically the best game they've played all season next week for the Eagles to have a chance. They can do that. Nick Foles is still going to have to make some plays. He's still going to have to make some throws. And in the last two, three weeks, he's not shown the ability to do that. So I think, you know, as much as you can break this down, and if you're Eagles fans, I'm sure you're waking up this morning feeling better than you were had they were matching up with the Saints. But look, I mean, the Falcons are an extremely talented team led by an extremely talented quarterback. And that that's a major problem when you have Nick Foles under center. And, and here's the other thing. They're confident right now. I mean, we yeah, can talk about absolutely. the fact that their offensive production wasn't on the level that it was a year ago. I think you pointed out only averaging a little over 20 points per game during the regular season. You have to remember, they were also dealing with a Super Bowl hangover early on. I mean, that, 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 you know, historically, teams that lose the Super Bowl don't go back to the playoffs next year. And, and a team that blew a 28-3 to lead in the third quarter, it, that's going to take some time to get over. Now, they're playing confident 
ball. DeMonte Casey, the rookie last night, was flying around on special teams, knocking the ball loose, making plays left and right. The Falcons' defense has become a, a really swarming, opportunistic group over the course of this season. And do the Eagles have the weapons to beat that? And and again, no. I, I think the Eagles have a chance to win the game if everything breaks their way. And if Jay runs for 100 yards and we see Zach Ertz reemerge as the Zach Ertz that he was with Carson Wentz out there and the defense forces two turnovers and holds Atlanta to 14 points or less. But this is no cakewalk. And if Atlanta wins the game, I don't think the Eagles fans can be angry. I don't think you can look at this and say that the Eagles blew an opportunity. They would have just lost to a better team, and mm-hmm. that's justified in the opening line with Atlanta being a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think – I tweeted this last night. You can forget the fact that the Eagles are a one seed and forget the fact that the, the Falcons are a six seed. Um, this, If the Eagles beat the Falcons next week, it would be – since I've started covering the team, so that was you know Andy Reid's last year and then all the, the years with Chip and all that – it would be the best win I can think of that they had during that time. And well, yeah, one of the be best a playoff win. Right? Well, but I, I mean, just, yeah, no, we, we yeah. haven't, we haven't seen one of those. <laughs> right. But I just mean just the fact of stepping up to a challenge. I mean, obviously you're right. It's a playoff win, so it'll be huge. But I just mean the fact that this Falcons team, when you take into account that you have Nick Foles, a quarterback, they're extremely mismatched. And this isn't a big spot. I mean, this would be an incredibly impressive win. And on the flip side, if they lose this game, I think then you know what we'll say on the post game pod is just look they didn't have Carson Wentz and I think if they had Carson Wentz people were talking about this last night what would the line be I saw someone say double digits I don't think that no that no way no yeah, way no if, if Carson Wentz were healthy the Eagles are probably four, about a, a four and a half five point yeah. favorite at home I mean it, it, yeah they're two evenly matched teams at that point and. Um, one quick thing, just talking about what the Eagles defense has to do against the Falcons. I think the blueprint is last year and John Clark, our good friend from NBC Sports Philadelphia and fellow uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm enthusiast, just like you and I, uh, <laughs> throughout the tweet last night. Um, last year, the Eagles held the Falcons to offensive season lows, 15 points, Matt Ryan's quarterback rating, a season low 78.7 and a season low rushing yards while the Eagles ran for 208. So you do that again, you're going to put yourself in a position to win the game. Um, and, and as much as we talk about what the Eagles don't have without Carson Wentz, if you're looking for a reason to be excited, Alshon Jeffrey wasn't on this team last year. LeGarrette Blunt wasn't on this team last year. Jay Ajayi wasn't on this team last year. Yeah. So they, there are offensive weapons. Um, Lane Johnson was serving his 10-game suspension at this time last year. Brandon Brooks, I don't know that he was playing at the level that he's playing at this year. Jason Kelsey wasn't an all-pro caliber center last year. So, you know, as much as we can say that Carson Wentz is the X factor and the reason that the offense clicks. There are weapons that are on the Eagles this year that weren't here in the game last year. Ronald Darby wasn't here last year. Jalen Mills was a rookie last year. Yeah, and I'll also say Carson Wentz wasn't Carson Wentz last year. Right, I mean, that's he, true, he, yeah. I mean, he, he's been an MVP candidate this year. And last year, I think I was still higher on him than other people were. But it was certainly fair to be, you know, pretty critical of the way he played last year at times. I think, you know, 16 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Um, I'd have to go back and look about what, what he did against the Falcons. But when I remember, I mean, he wasn't— One of his that, worst games of the year, if I right, remember. Right, I don't think he was that special against the Falcons. So I still think he's probably slightly better than— uh, than Nick Foles still. But I mean, you know, to say that, you know, they didn't have MVP candidate Carson Wentz last year. So this is a much improved Eagles team. And you yep. can make the argument that, you know, the, the Falcons aren't as good as last year. But again, 
playoff experience. That's just and, and here here's where you, if you're looking for optimism, in addition to what the Eagles defense did to Atlanta last year, in addition to uh, the new faces on offense and the weapons around Nick Foles, here's Carson Wentz's stat line from a year ago. Not impressive. 25 right. of 36, 231 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and he was sacked twice. I mean, so Nick, right, Nick Foles. You know, if he gives you that and the defense is able to do what it did a year ago, again, that that's no small order given the multitude of weapons that Atlanta has. But if they do and if they play comparatively and if the running game gets going, that's where I think the Eagles have a slight edge in this game. But they are two and a half point underdogs and we'll see how everything plays out. And and again, like when we talk, when we were talking about on previous pods and debating on Twitter who they would want to play, any game was going to be tough. But me and you were talking about this last night. If you if you'd have told us before the playoffs the Eagles' potential path to the Super Bowl would be Atlanta at home, and then if things break their way, you know, if like if the Vikings take care of business in their first game, Minnesota here, I think that's yeah. probably the easiest path they could have asked for outside of maybe the Rams after seeing the way the Rams played last night. But the Rams weren't going to come here; they were the three seed, um, or at least they weren't going to come here till, till the championship game. But I mean, this is the path. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, at this point, you might avoid the Saints. You're probably going to avoid the Panthers. You're going to get the sixth seed, who, yes, I think the Falcons are better than a traditional sixth seed. But you're going to get the sixth seed as the number one seed. And then, you know, the Vikings, for me and you have debated Case Keenum to death. You can debate how good he really is. But not the elite quarterbacks and Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, maybe even your boy Jared Goff are. I mean, and then... I think that's a winnable game. So things are kind of breaking the Eagles way after a few weeks of them. Certainly not with the Wentz injury and all that. Um, But their path to the Super Bowl seems to be the best they could have possibly asked for. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I think Minnesota is still going to be a really tough draw, assuming they get past Atlanta. Um, See, I think the Falcons are a tougher draw than than the Vikings just because – Again, I think the Eagles are going to have to win with, with defense, and I think the Eagles' defense has a much better chance of shutting shutting down that that Vikings offense than the Falcons. I understand the. Vikings. I agree. I agree, but you also have to. I mean, we, I think we all have to also take into account that that Minnesota defense is really, really good. They are. Um, yeah. So if you're talking about you know just doing enough on offense to beat Atlanta. I don't know what you're going to get against uh, uh, from Nick Foles in this offense against the Vikings, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. They, they still have to win a playoff game Saturday right. against the defending conference champions with a, a top 10 to top 12 quarterback who basically drove down and win, won the game for him last night. So it, yeah. it's not going to be a, an easy task on Saturday by any stretch of the imagination. No, I agree. But I just mean the path itself, Atlanta and then potentially Minnesota I mean, that's basically what the Eagles could have asked for. I think if you're an Eagles fan and you're watching, I mean, clearly, I guess you root for the Panthers tonight, um, and then you root for the Vikings or the Panthers. But, you know, like you said, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I just, for the first time last night since Wentz has gone down, I thought to myself, hmm, maybe they actually, maybe I will be covering this team in the Super Bowl just because of the way things broke. I mean, for as talented as the Falcons are, they you said yourself, they didn't look like world beaters last night. I think they ran into a team that was not ready for the stage of the playoffs. And maybe that'll be the Eagles next week. But the Falcons are certainly a, a flawed team for you know all the positives we've talked about. They are a flawed team as well. I mean, the offensive coordinator, I think he's done a poor job this year. I thought his play calling last night was pretty bad, even though they ended up with 26 points. I, I thought there was a lot of times where, especially in the red zone, he didn't do a great job. Uh, the defense is, is quick. 
terrific in physical. I think they have you know decent pass rushers, and their cornerbacks actually are, are not terrible. But I think their defense is certainly you know of all the defenses you would have wanted to face in the playoffs. Um, outside, I mean, probably, yeah, they would probably be the, the one you'd want to face in the NFC. I think the, the Saints defense has improved this year. So in terms of just the a winnable first game for this Eagles team, I guess this would, was the opponent you would have asked for. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with your assessment that the Rams just not being ready. You watched that game last night, especially in the first half. Uh, it looked like the, the stage was too big for them as a team. And, you know, I don't think that's any knock. You have a second-year quarterback, a 31-year-old first-year head coach. Um, but I think there's a lot of talent there. I think that when, you know, we look at the next five years, it could be the Eagles and Rams going back and forth for home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Um, but just looking at the Falcons and looking at the Eagles, the Falcons aren't walking into a team with that same mentality. And we can all say the Eagles don't have a lot of playoff experience and they don't as a group, but Torrey Smith won a Super Bowl ring. Malcolm Jenkins wears a Super Bowl ring. LeGarrette Blunt won a Super Bowl ring. And just, I don't know about you, but walking around that locker room during the bye week, this is a team that's ready. It's a team that already before the opening line of them being an underdog had their shoulders arched back and kind of took offense to the notion that, you know, they're the number one seed, but quote unquote. And I think that if they play with that attitude and if they, they, they take that attitude through their week of preparation, kind of like the way that Mike Tomlin used to always put those disrespectful quotes from opponents up on video boards and all the hallways of their practice facility and, you know, popping up throughout meetings and those sort of things. Um, if the Eagles do that this week and they go in there as an angry bunch defensively, that's only going to play in their favor. And I think that that equalizes that early bad start by the Rams that kind of buried them and allowed the Falcons to jump out to that early lead, which up until that fourth quarter drive was the difference in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can both agree. Getting up ahead early is going to be absolutely key for the Eagles, just from a confidence standpoint, because although I agree with you, they are embracing the fact that nobody believes in them. I do think you've seen just on the field that against the both the Raiders and the Cowboys, that when this team, you know, like when Foles has struggled and they haven't gotten off to the hearts, the hot starts that they did under Wentz, I do think you see them let it snowball them on them a little on a little bit. Um, so I think they need to jump out early on the Falcons. If they I fall agree. behind 13, nothing uh, next Saturday to the Falcons, they're not going to win the game just because one, I don't think, I think doubt will start creeping a little bit, but two, you can't run your, you can't run your way back from a 13, nothing deficit. I mean, I guess totally agree. good, but you know, you, you're going to have to ask Foles to do too much there. So the good news is the Eagles uh, haven't turned the ball over a ton, which is something the, the Rams did, but I look, they absolutely have to jump ahead. Um, so let's kind of, wrap up with this just not and again you know my picks never final until right before the gun on twitter but yeah for, forget the nickname <laughs> given to you by my former boss at 97.5 of the hyphen yeah. um you're asked you, your nickname when it comes to this thing is the asterisk because yeah. you you could say it on the podcast you could write it on the the pick post next thing we know twitter shows up and you're going the exactly. other way so exactly. this is the way too early double asterisk pick from right. the asterisk himself exactly so <laughs> My first initial pick, I think, for this game is the Falcons. I think if, if, I, if I had to pick right now, I would go with the Falcons just because the offense is too much. I think the defense is, is a little better than people give it credit for. We saw the difference playoff experience made last night. And again, like, I think with Foles, what's kind of happened with this fan base is he plays really bad on Sunday, and then they kind of talk himself into it a little bit by Wednesday and by Friday. It's like, oh, you never know. Then he plays again, and it's like, oh, wait, he's just actually really bad. And although I think we can talk about the fact that, 
you know, he's played in the playoffs before and blah, blah, blah. He's just a really bad quarterback right now. And I don't think they're going to be able to get 24 plus points with him. And I do think the Falcons put up 20, 20 plus points on this Eagles defense. I just do. I think they're, they're playing well. They're confident. I think they've won seven of their last nine. So they're just playing really well. Um, I think it's the best matchup the Eagles could have asked for, but this is already the divisional round. If you're in the divisional round, you're, and you've earned your way there with a playoff win in the first round, you're a good team at that point. Um, so I think I'd have to pick the Falcons. I think second straight road game, second straight playoff game, Eagles are rested. Um, the Falcons come in with a lot of weapons on offense, really aggressive defense, but the Eagles defense is really good too. And I think that that slow start by the Rams really buried them the other night. And I don't think the Eagles are going to make those sort of mistakes early in terms of muff punts and in terms of turnovers. And they might go three and out a couple of times and it's incumbent on the defense to get the ball back. I think the defense, it isn't out of the realm of possibility that they score a defensive touchdown. I mean, they did it in, in, you know, a really meaningful spot against the Rams. They did it in kind of a garbage spot um, later on as well. So I, I think the Eagles win the game. I think it's going to take everything the defense has to do it. Um, but I think the Eagles wind up winning this game, something in the area of 23 to 20, and it might come down to a late score on the uh, final drive one way or the other. Man, well, this this city is going to be absolutely insane if they win that game. I think there's been, we've talked about it, there's a little bit of a, a lull over the city because I think a lot of people don't really believe they can win a playoff game. But if they get that first one, and they win, they're heading into the conference championship. It's going to be an absolutely insane week. But this is going to be a good week, too. Obviously, it's playoff time. We're going to step our game up as well. We're going to have a few pods for you this week. I know you're lining up a podcast with a, uh, a guest from Atlanta for some more in-depth stuff about the Falcons. Um, I talked to uh, John Kincaid, who used to work in Philly and now covers the Falcons. So you know, we'll try to get those for you. And then, of course, we'll have our preview pod. And who knows, maybe one more sprinkled in there, depending on the week's events. But if you are listening to this on YouTube, we really appreciate appreciate it. Um, but go subscribe because it, the subscribing is the way you get it quicker. You get it right into your phone. And this week, especially, you don't know when any will be popping up because we're going to try to, you know, get as many as we out, get as many of these we can out because it's a big week with a big game coming up. Um, and of course, we appreciate your reviews. We're at 300 and let me see, 352, I believe. We're trying to get to 500 by Saturday. That's looking like it's going to be a little difficult, but I believe I believe in you guys. Um, if you haven't done it yet, please leave us those five-star reviews. So lots of pod this week, five-star reviews, and, of course, a big game coming up. Matt, I look forward to the week ahead and uh, really debating this game. It should be a great week and uh, certainly counting down the hours till Saturday. Yep. Talk to you guys soon.